Welcome to the SSPX Podcast. After a short hiatus over Christmas, we have episodes prepared and ready to go throughout 2020. This spring, we'll be featuring many more interviews. We'll be speaking with Father Patrick Rutledge about the new Immaculata Project in St. Mary's, the largest church of the Society of St. Pius X in the world. We'll be interviewing priests of the Society about the 50th anniversary celebrations taking place this year, and in three weeks we'll be speaking with Mother Mary Joseph of the Franciscan Sisters of Christ the King in Kansas City about their apostolate. Of course, we'll have episodes of Questions with Father sprinkled all throughout. But today we're speaking again with Father Patrick Summers, Superior of the District of Asia of the SSPX. We spoke with him last year in a wide-ranging interview and He must have enjoyed it because he's back to give us some more details about this vital apostolate on the other side of the world. Well, thanks for agreeing to chat with us again today, Father. I really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So it's been a little while since we've talked. Uh, And when we first chatted, we talked a little bit about the work of the Asian district uh, as a whole. We kind of went all over the map. But I wanted to go into a little bit more detail on the work that you're doing uh, maybe hone in on a, on a place or two, uh, but really kind of dive into what are the positives and the negatives. Okay. So let's start out on that optimistic note. Uh, could we talk a little bit about the encouraging signs, <laughs> the good things uh, that are happening and that you're seeing uh, throughout the apostolate of the SSPX in the various countries of Asia? Okay. Um, well, it's uh, I, I did think about this this podcast just like 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 we had said, and um, I thought yeah we could talk a little bit in general about some of the uh, encouraging and, and good things that are happening over here, as well as kind of some of the, the, the major differences uh, between let's say America and, and working in Asia, uh, and also I thought I would maybe a bit more I should say detailed go into a little bit of our work in in one or two of the countries on this podcast in case if people are interested we could we could go into other countries on other podcasts sure that'd be great uh, because i think um as we, as we all know uh, we americans are not great on geography <laughs> <laughs> if it's outside america it's probably not that important <laughs> right right that's uh, it's always been one of our weaknesses i'm afraid um uh, so um yeah so let's let's talk about i thought i'd talk about um I'll, I'll start a bit general here, and then we can go into um, a bit more detail in one or two countries that I, I prepared a little bit of uh, interesting notes on. Right. So, first of all, um, I would say the, the the work of the society in Asia is has been going on for several decades, um, and there have been uh, you know ups and downs. There've been a lot of very impressive. Uh, uh, situations where we we find that um, the people are very hungry in, in all the different countries they're very uh, they're starving let's say uh, because not only are they mission countries historically where there was not really any Catholic civilization there was civilization but not Catholic or usually pagan and um, at the same time, uh, the church uh, was very well established, especially with, with their good schools and usually good parish churches historically. But uh, as you can imagine, the last 70, 80 years, it's got, gone downhill very quickly um, to the point where uh, there's very, very little um, conversion going on. There's very little, uh, how should we say, 
um, evangelization, if you want a big word, uh, it's kind of just, well, these people are Catholic within this pagan country and they go to this, this parish church and they have these devotions and that's it. So it's the, the mark of the church of apostolicity is hardly seen. Um, and in some countries it's because you're not allowed to convert. You know, there are several countries we work in where it's against the law to make converts. Uh, if you're born a Catholic, okay, fine. You can remain a Catholic and your family can, but you cannot make converts. It's against the law. Um, in other cases, it's not against the law and, and, and they're just in this kind of, how should we say, uh, a slump where the faith is just part of our family history and we go to mass on Saturday evening or Sunday morning and that's about it. Um, so I think we, 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 are, we are invited into some of these countries by faithful who are, who are starving or who see the serious errors, uh, doctrinal errors, moral errors, uh, inculturation is a big problem in Asia. I would say much more so than I ever saw in the United States. There's a lot of problems of uh, uh, poisonous enculturation uh, of pagan things being, being brought into uh, Catholic worship. I mean, I mean, it happens in Rome, so why not elsewhere? <laughs> well, and on that point, Father, if I could jump in for just a second, and maybe this is totally off topic, but I was reading about after this Amazon Synod thing that just happened and well, actually is still ongoing, frankly, uh, that there was a letter written, mm-hmm. and I, I believe it was by a diocesan priest who is working in Africa. Uh, and he said that one of the big things that he always has to fight against is uh, the, the Protestants or, or evangelicals who are, are making often better inroads uh, into converting um, these the pagan cultures than, than Catholics are. Uh, yeah, but one of yeah. one of the one of the Protestants' biggest uh, things that they use to fight against uh, Catholicism is uh, this misconceived notion that Catholics worship uh, statues. Uh, they worship yeah. statues of Mary and, and all that stuff. And so he said when. Um, this veneration of these pagan statues happened in the Vatican gardens. Uh, the Protestant fundamentalists are able yep. to go to the people that they're working to convert and say, see, see, we told you this is the Catholics venerate idols. Is, is this kind of what you're talking about, father? Um, that's a good question. Um, I have to say, uh, in the countries that I've been in, I don't, we don't come across the Protestants too much. They are existing in some of these countries, but, um, they, they tend to make converts more based upon simply their energy, maybe their funding, maybe their interesting uh, strategies and apostolate that they do. They, they have some life to them. I mean, they're, of course, in serious error and heresy, but uh, they are proactive. They're out there trying to make converts. They believe in, even though they're in error, they believe in what they, they're talking about. So... On the natural level, they're they're putting a lot of Catholics to shame because they're actually hungry for bringing souls to their to their belief. Um, insofar as the uh, accusations of Catholics, I don't know if that's so common. Like like this priest speaking about in Africa, or I think the letter you're talking about is also I think probably the same case in South America. I know the, the Protestant uh, errors are very strong in South America. Uh, probably also Africa as well. So you're saying when people are hungry for the faith, are, you know, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the stories we've hear, we hear about Archbishop Lefebvre when he was in Africa 
uh, and he'd be gone for a time and then he would come back and the people would welcome him with open arms and so many people were wanting, uh, just so overjoyed to hear that he was coming back to say the mass again. Is that the same sort of thing that you're seeing is people without a, a lot of access to the mass and the sacraments and just very hungry to receive it again after a time? I would say there's certainly uh, what we do see is 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 a real hunger to have the priests come live with them. They want the priests to stay there. Some of these places, as you can imagine, they are, um, you know, they see the priest once a month on a, on a one day a w- one day a month, um, or and and they're surrounded by a paganism of an incredible level. Uh, the, yeah, obviously the first thing they want is more more times to see the priest, and really they they sometimes they don't understand why can the priest not just come live here? Why do you have to come and then go back to the priory? Why can't you just stay here? Um, you know, the, there's a certain uh, confusion of well, wait a minute, you know, um, we need a priest, and then there's you know there's the competition of which circuit gets more masses, which circuit. It's it's always that battle of okay, listen, we are spread very thin. And um, I'm glad that you're hungry for the mass. I'm glad that you're hungry for the, the catechism, the teaching and all the, the sacraments. Absolutely wonderful. But, you know, at the same time, we, we need to, to be prudent. Um, if we kill a priest by, <laughs> uh, by stretching too thin, we are actually in a worse situation than before. So, um, so yeah, but there's definitely the, 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 the just very basic, simple of any good Catholic who says, I want, uh, I want the priest, I want nuns, I want brothers to come live here. And we want, we want a Catholic life. And, um, and of course they look to America and they see a hundred plus priests that are like, you know, Hey, just send a few of those over. <laughs> the America, America won't notice they're gone. And I'm like, well, actually, uh, they will, they will notice. So, so when we talked last time and, and you even mentioned it uh, a little bit earlier this time, um, there's great difficulties in working with Asia. Sometimes it's illegal to promote Christianity or Catholicism in some of these places. On the flip side, though, are there some things about your apostolate, about the work that is easier because it is being done in Asia uh, compared to some place in the Western world like the United States? Hmm. What is easier? Um, wow. That's, I would say, um, I wouldn't say life is simpler because that's that's not correct. Um, uh, what I would say is that because you're not dealing with, um, let's say, in, let's say in America you had somewhat of Western civilization that came in with all the immigrants from Europe, and although America was not a Catholic country, there's still certain remains of Western civilization there, quickly being eroded, but. Um, in Asia, in general, uh, with a, maybe an exception, uh, there they are pagan civilizations of different levels, and therefore you're really working on a much more basic and I would say long-term uh, plan. Which is okay. Listen, we we can't be somebody walking in and, and having a wonderful Catholic university. We're not going to just somehow establish. You know, high level. Let's say St. Mary's Parish of three or four thousand people and a big cathedral. And no, okay, we've got to look long term here. And in a sense, the easier part is okay. You're really sort of starting from the basic things. Like many people just don't even know their catechism. I mean, not even any of it. Um, uh, so really, the the what you're what you're giving the faith is 
is really the essentials. There's none of this politics of who's this and who's that and what exactly do you condemn or what do you not condemn. There's not all this incredibly straining of the gnat and these fine hair uh, uh, distinctions of like, listen, here's the faith. Here's what the, our Lord gave to, to us. Um, what I like about it, as I say, is that there's not a lot of politics involved. It's, this is the Catholic faith, and this is what Archbishop Lefebvre has. I mean, he's produced a society for uh, the priesthood, and the priesthood is for the faith and for souls and, and, and all these other things. But what I find out in Asia and our priests in general, um, they – there's not a lot of this internal politics or external politics or fighting about this or that. It's like, listen, there is such an incredible harvest out here uh, that uh, it would be foolish to waste your time on secondary issues. It's like the, the faith and the sacraments and doctrine and morality. There is so much incredible work to do that... It's, there's a certain pleasure in saying, hey, life is actually quite simple. <laughs> there's, you know, we don't have to do a lot of, uh, we don't have to overthink the issue. We'll return to our interview with Father Summers here in just a moment. Yes, like other podcasts, we need to do a we'll be right back break. But in this case, it's not a commercial. It's 90 seconds to ask for your help. If you've subscribed to the SSPX podcast and you're using Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Pocket Casts or any of those other podcast apps or programs, you might notice that only the last 10 or so episodes of this podcast are available. This is due to the cost of hosting those audio files. Every time someone listens, that's another download. And so while we want as many subscribers as possible and we're very happy about all the downloads, this means we're slowly losing the number of episodes that we can keep activated on our program for that same cost. Don't worry, we haven't lost them. They're still online at sspxpodcast.com. They're just not in your program. So we need your help. If you appreciate what we're doing, if you appreciate the time that our priests spend answering your questions and coming on here for interviews, please sign up for a small recurring donation. Just $5 a month is a huge difference. If we have just seven listeners do that, we can double the amount of episodes we have available for new listeners to discover more about traditional Catholicism. And we are attracting new listeners. We've had testimonials from several people who have started attending the traditional Latin Mass again at our chapels because of this podcast. Your efforts are helping. So please be a part of this apostolate and please consider donating at sspxpodcast.com. Now let's return to Father Summers. There's so much incredible work to do that it's, there's a certain pleasure in saying, hey, life is actually quite simple. <laughs> there's, you know, we don't have to do a lot of, uh, we don't have to overthink the issue. No, it's um, interesting, Father, and, and that was actually the, the next question I wanted to ask you. Uh, it seems like in in the Asian countries, it, it there's portions of your apostolic work and missionary work that may almost be easier. Um, I've, I've never been, I, I, I don't really know the, the culture, obviously, uh, but it seems that, uh, unless I'm totally misunderstanding what you're saying, Father, mm, is it easier yeah. to work with these kinds of cultures who don't have a lot of sure, ideas sure, already, sure. Uh, don't have a lot of, of preconceived ideas about what Catholicism is, what Christianity is? Um, is it easier there compared to, say, uh, working in the southern United States where there's a heavy evangelical or, or Baptist um, you know, culture already there? You, you might think it might be easier to, to work in the United States, but— 
here you have so many false ideas of what Catholicism is. Uh, maybe it's even easier to work in Asia where those those boundaries, those barriers don't exist and you can um, kind of just start from scratch. Is um, that the case? Okay, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. I mean, they have had at least a century or even two centuries or more uh, with Catholic missionaries out here. So it's okay. not that they don't have a Catholic background. I don't mean that. What I mean is um, the situation because it was never predominantly Catholic, they didn't, it wasn't developed a Catholic civilization. Uh, it's, it's much more raw and, um, still in its early stages of trying to build up Catholic families, Catholic schools, Catholic parishes, Catholic life, Catholic, uh, culture. And because those things hardly exist or just barely holding on, um, you know, the, if you look back in, the, in some of the history books of the missionaries here 200 years ago, uh, even 100 years ago, they, they never had enough priests. They never had a, a, a dominant presence in most of these countries. The, the priests would, I mean, even today, even today, there are, uh, even within the Nova Soto places, there sometimes the priest only goes to villages once every couple months, you know, even in 2019. So, it's not like, for example, in America, where generally, I mean, if you go to 1950 in America, uh, pretty much everybody had a local parish. There was, generally speaking, there was a priests and nuns and schools within range. Uh, in Asia, even up to this day, there, there's a lot of places that, you know, they barely see the priest, um, even if, and, and what he does with them is a whole other question. But um, I would say, no, it's simpler in a different sense. Um, it's... There is baggage, there is background, there is a lot of uh, things going on. And, and I think we have to be very prudent and very careful on each country has different rules, each country has different culture. And I would say, on the contrary, that's one of the difficult parts is that we, we, um, we don't treat them like uh, our own culture because it is, it is a very different world and they have different history and different language, of course. And... Um, in a sense, that's why I say we have to simplify things on our side because um, uh, we have to go for the priority first and say, okay, all the other stuff we can get to, but right now we need to make uh, the Catholic faith the, the center of your lives. You need to know the Catholic faith. You need to love the Catholic faith. Uh, and then, then we'll move on to all these uh, very important but secondary issues. In speaking about, and this is kind of a sidebar question, Father, in speaking about the missionary work of the Catholic church throughout Asia, uh, there's many examples of, of saints of missionaries who, who have gone over and, and worked for the salvation of souls there. Are there any in particular that, that you would recommend as, as examples, or maybe that you look up to, or if people would like to learn more about the work of the Catholic church in Asia, you know, St. Francis Xavier is probably uh, a big one, but are there any others that you turn to? Wow. Um, I mean, obviously yeah. the, 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 the classic one is St. Francis Xavier without a doubt. Um, after him, a lot of people, we, we have a particular, let's say, district devotion of St. Therese of Lisieux oh, sure. uh, as a patroness of missions, although she never came here. Um, uh, she's often, uh, I would say each country has very interesting, and I was going to get to that a bit later in the body, read you just a little story of, uh, of um, some of the martyrs in one of these countries, just, just a short little excerpt, just to give you a flavor of of how our ancestors in the faith, uh, the previous Catholics, how they, both priests, nuns, brothers, and faithful, how they uh, 
how they handle the the pagan culture and how they ultimately usually often would die for it. Um, it's always a great, I'd say the encouragement is, yes, you read the history and in any country I go to of the 10 countries, there's always phenomenal uh, stories of, of the, the, the local population, of the, even the, the local clergy maybe, or the, or the missionaries who, who simply uh, blow our mind when you, when you, when we, we complain about such hilarious things, uh, right. you know, what they call that now first world problems we, we complain about such, we complain about such silly things in our lives and then you read the you read the lives of these great martyrs and missionaries and religious and you just think i can't believe you know <laughs> it puts your it puts your perspective back on the the critical important priorities of the faith well we've spoken about some of the positives um let's turn to some of the negatives and, and go a little bit debbie downer here for a minute what are some of the challenges? And I know that there are many challenges. Um, so maybe instead we focus on uh, two or three um, that are district-wide or maybe just a, a problem that you're facing in one of the priories or two of the priories. Uh, if you had a, a, a magic wand or okay. your patron okay. saint could just grant you this Change gift it. of yeah. fixing these two or three problems, um, what would those be, Father, as it stands today in 2019 in Asia? Okay. All right. It's a good question. Um it's something that obviously we priests talk about all the time amongst ourselves is, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be nice if it were this way or could we somehow make this change? And I would say probably the, the number one problem that we, we spend a lot of time on or at least think about a lot and talk about a lot is how can we work within the legal structures of these countries? So uh, a good number of the countries we have to, work in in a very, um, how should we say, Jesuitical way. That is to say, we have to play word games and be very, uh, how should we say, uh, very clever on how we present ourselves for several. You have to be a little cagey maybe? Yeah, sort of kind of, oh, I'm just here visiting my friends and these friends happen to have a chapel and you know, it's a prayer group or it's uh, in one place where we are a musical association where we come together and sing Gregorian chant. Um, I would say in a, a good number of the countries, we are a little bit precarious or a little bit on uh, the edge of, of prudence or how we work because that's the only way. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we're always looking to change that, but <clears throat> really the issue is we have to be – it's not like in America where you just say, you know what, I bought this property. I'm going to build a church, and I'm going to put it in the newspaper. I'm going to put a billboard up. I'm going to – you know, look, there's a Catholic church here. If people are would like to go, here's where you go, and here's the mass. Some of the countries we can't advertise at all, or we have to have the faithful do it in, through social media kind of indirectly. Uh, some cases we can't even wear our cassock. Um, so I would say, I would say the main difficulty we keep coming across is legally speaking, how do we operate as a Catholic, uh, missionary order? Uh, it's because even a hundred years ago, those missionaries were working with no problem. You know, it's only in the last, let's say 50 to 75 years where a lot of these countries have become, uh, anti-Catholic, anti-Christian, anti-foreign missionary, anti conversion you know there's there's uh, whether the country might be a communist country it might be a muslim country it might be a hindu country 
these 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 cause problems. And I would say even within a country like the Philippines, it's not always easy um, for the opposite reason. The, the Catholic Church in the Philippines is quite powerful. If they want to shut us down, they can do a lot to shut us down um, for, 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 for another reason. Um, so I would say everything is functioning relatively smoothly, but there is, there is always that in the back of your mind, what happens if, you know, are these faithful left uh, out in the cold if we get in trouble legally? So there, there's, there's that concern, I would say. Sure, absolutely. That, that's the main one, I would say. Um, so along the same lines, we, we talked about challenges that you're facing in a missionary standpoint. Uh, what about working with the faithful? Are there things that are more difficult in a pastoral standpoint, uh, working with faithful in Asia compared to England where you were stationed for a time or the United States? Um, or maybe it's the same answer that you already okay, gave. Okay. I would say, um, yeah, for, for my priest, uh, you know, if you want to compare it to America, for example, in America, there are certain things that are much harder. Um, I would say, let's say the numbers are bigger in America. So you're going to have a heck of a lot more uh, confessions, a lot more spiritual consultations, a lot more phone calls, a lot more, you know, let's just say, for example, that's, that's what's harder in America. I, I found a lot more complexity to, to pastoral work. Uh, in Asia, I would say our priests, what a classic example is, you know, physically, uh, there's not always that, that nice priory. There's not always the nice church. There's the transportation is not always good. Um, you know, the, the heat, uh, is, is, is an ongoing battle for most of these places we're kind of near the equator. So you walk outside and it's just a, a wall of humidity and, uh, um, you know, you're going to sweat. You, you, one thing, you know, our priests have to do is they have to be very comfortable, uh, drip, dripping sweat all the time. You just, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Um, you know, there's the bugs, uh, we just had three priests go down with dengue fever, um, which is quite serious. Um, and there's not much you can do about prevention of it because, you know, there's mosquitoes and, you know, you don't know which ones are carrying dengue. And so you, you can take certain precautions, but at the end of the day, you know, you might very well get dengue. Um, and luckily they're all doing fine now. Uh, but you know, for a couple of weeks, you're down, down some priests because they got bit by a mosquito. Um, and, you know, it's it's uh, certainly God's providence that, generally speaking, our priests are pretty healthy. And um, But I would say, yeah, I would say physical difficulties with transportation, with distances, with uh, heat and humidity. And, you know, before you go into a room sometimes to sleep, you know, you go block up the drain so the cockroaches don't come out at night. And, uh, you know, the lizards and the rats and the... The other other vermin you, you just keep you have to keep on top of um, in different countries and okay that's fine you, you get used to it but it's true it's not as easy as as on the physical level there's more more demand on on the on the physical aspect of the priest and, and the and the nuns and the brothers so I would say that's that's a classic example of what's a bit more difficult and yet it's not unbearable it's just yeah you got to be ready for that and that's you know if you're if you're not uh, a man, well, you will be. <laughs> <laughs> Turning to the priest for a second, Father, this might be a little bit of an odd question, but what is an attribute that a priest needs to have? Or what is a quality 
or two or three that a priest needs to have in order to be a successful missionary in Asia. Oof. What do you look for in your priest? Is it is it patience? Is it they need to be a really strong and healthy? Uh, okay. Good what question. is it that would make good them the question. most successful? Yeah, that's a very good. That's a very good question. I would say on 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 the on a broad level, it's it's the same as any priest would have anywhere. You know, we have to remember that human nature is the same no matter what language you're speaking, no matter what uh, they look like, what the skin color is, doesn't really matter. It's human nature. So there is something consoling about, you know, you're dealing with a problem in uh, some village somewhere and as far away as you could get from your home country. And it's still human nature. They still have virtue. They still have difficulty with sin, still difficult with temptation, the world around them, human social pressures, you know, human nature is human nature. But I would say what we prize, what we prize above all, I would say, at least myself, um, what I would like myself to have and, and other priests is um, I don't need big brains. They're, they're welcome here. Big brains are welcome, but that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I don't need, um, uh, you know, fantastic physical specimens of, of, of athleticism. I, I think what the priest, I, I, when I ask for a priest, I say, I want a priest that's solid. Um, he's balanced. I think that's a key out here, especially because you don't always have big communities of priests or the priests are alone sometimes because of travel and things like that. I would say it's got to be balanced. You've got to have that equilibrium of, of temperament and of uh, you know, a, a maturity of, of, of emotions. Um, Ultimately, the same as at any type of missionary work, you need generosity. Because once you have that generosity, uh, you're willing to to give more and more of yourself to to the king. Uh, no, that's not me. That's that's Christ the King. Uh, uh, once you're willing to give, you know, more and more of yourself to our Lord uh, in whatever way He asks, then all the rest becomes much easier. You just think, well, you know what? He's asking me to do this this particular circuit take care of this school, take care of that convent, take care of these brothers, take care of these faithful. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter uh, where my, uh, where I'm put, whether I like it or not, whether the weather's terrible or not, whether the food is to my liking or not, or, it doesn't matter. Because uh, so, once that generosity is there, it, it, it makes everything else, it oils the rest of your, your, your day so there's no, there's no difficulty. Um, so I would say, yeah, if someone says, what do you want from a priest for, for your district? I'd say, make sure he's generous. And, and if he's generous, all the rest falls into place. Thank you for listening to part one of our interview with Father Patrick Summers. Next week, we'll ask Father about Holy Cross Seminary in Australia, and we'll go a little bit deeper on the work of the SSPX in Japan with details about the fascinating cultural differences on this island nation. Until next time, please visit us at sspxpodcast.com for all of our episodes. Listen anytime for free. Thank you for listening and God bless you.